Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Paperback Readers Podcast. Last time for 2021. We'll get one more uh, chance to read a few books before we recap the year. But still, it's uh, it's approaching on us. It's been a great year to read. Hope uh, all of you have had some, some good stuff to read as well. And we hope you give us your recommendations so we'll know what, how to start our 2022. Yeah, I definitely have leaned on that a lot uh, in the last few reading cycles. You really have. Um, you've read more than I have for these past two weeks, so I'm just going to go ahead and say mine. Go for it. I've read one book besides <laughs> our shared book. And it's kind of deceptive to say it that way because I am actually in the middle of three books. Um, and I just quit a fourth one yesterday that I was reading like kind of all of these things. Roughly around the same time. You, I can't read that many books and get anything done. And then the fourth book, I was already like I don't know, over 100 pages in before I said, this book is not for me. So anyway, um, I expect to finish some of these books by tomorrow, but that'll be too late for this podcast. <laughs> so the one book that I finished besides our shared read um, is called Taste, My Life Through Food by Stanley Tucci. Honestly, um, Stanley Tucci is an actor And I did not have a clue who he was, although I have since found that I have seen him in some films. He was um, Paul Child in Julia, Julia and Julia. Did you see that with me? I did not. Okay. Um, But I'm sure I've probably seen him in other things as well. Um, I could be more educated about (laughs) movies and actors. It's not a movie podcast, fortunately. Um, But I picked this up because it's a food memoir, and I had several people whose opinions I respect who recommended this book, and they also enjoy food memoirs. I will read almost anything about food, so I gave it a shot, and it was wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Really well-structured all the way through. His descriptions of food were fantastic. The memories that he chose to talk about with food were excellent. Um, it was a really compelling read all the way through. And when I look at, like, the only two books that I finished for these past two weeks were nonfiction. But his, and that usually slows me down a lot. I read novels fast. I don't read nonfiction fast. But his went really pretty quickly and was thoroughly enjoyable from start to finish. I would highly recommend it to anybody who likes books about food. Excellent. All right, I'm done until we get to our shared read. So fill us in on what I'm you've been reading. prepared to fill all the time. Yeah. Uh, I read a book I've had on my shelf for a long time called Tall Tales by a man named Terry Pluto. Terry Pluto is a sports writer with a gift for, wait for it, oral history. Um, <laughs> There's a theme for us. Uh, Tall Tales is about the early years of the NBA. And my two main thoughts here, one, it was an Excellent read, very good education on pre-1970 NBA, uh, which is something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, You know, I'm I'm obviously born after that, so I don't know about it in any sort of organic way. So it was really interesting history. That said, as much as I like this, his book about the ABA, Loose Balls, uh, is absolute bedrock stuff. So... Tall Tales is good. Loose Balls is one of my favorite sports books. Maybe one of my favorite books of all time because it's an oral history that is just chock full of characters and insane stories. Tall Tales, like the NBA, is a little more sedate, uh, a little more predictable. The ABA was just this like crazy league of maniacs who were like, hey, you want to have a pro basketball team? Great, you got a team. You see a guy who looks like he can play basketball, been kicked out for gambling, don't care. Still in high school, that's fine too. 
You know, what do you want to do in the league? You want to have a ball that uh, is red, white, and blue? Sounds great. You want to have a shot that's worth an extra point? We could do that. You know what? I get the picture. Slam dunk contest? Sure. You know, so it really comes to life a little bit better in uh, in Loose Balls than in Tall Tales, but both very good books. Really like Terry's work. Really enjoyed that. Uh, read a book called You Never Forget Your First by Alexis Coe which is probably not a smart thing for me to do because your first, in this case, is the first president. It's a George Washington biography. So, yes. You're going backwards. John Tyler's been so chew-your-arm-off dull that I've gone back to George (laughs) Washington again in an effort to wake up. Now, Andy had read this and and had some mild praise for it, and I was kind of the same way. I've heard other people say this book was really good. Yeah, it's pretty lively. She's very much about deconstructing uh, the myths of Washington, of which there are many. Uh, and it makes for an interesting and fairly quick and painless read. And you love the myths of Washington. You have a t-shirt with <laughs> a myth of Washington. She did open the book by <laughs> quoting the incredibly profane and hilarious Brad Neely skit that I love dearly. Yes, yeah, all true. But uh, enjoyed it um, and, and was a welcome respite from the life of poor John Tyler, who I will try to finish next time if I don't keel over from sheer boredom. The Phenomenon by Rick Ankiel. Rick Ankiel, uh, one of the more interesting athletes of our times. I tend to avoid the autobiography of a young athlete because it can get pretty formulaic. But Ankiel's life is anything but formulaic. He was this great young pitching prospect who gets in the playoffs after his rookie year and suddenly loses the ability to throw strikes. He develops what they call the yips, which is an almost inexplicable neurologically based thing where you can't do a very simple activity. Um, you know, Ankiel is not the only person with the yips. It's fairly common, but his story is pretty interesting because not only does he get the yips, which ruins his pitching career, but then he eventually goes back down to the minor leagues and becomes a major league baseball player all over again, working his way up as a hitter and as an outfielder. Uh, so it's an interesting up and down and up again kind of story. Uh, Interesting to, to get somebody's inside perspective on the yips. He doesn't have all the answers either. Nobody does. Whoever figures it out will be a very rich man or woman. It sounded like a good book. Enjoyed it. Uh, Is This Anything by Jerry Seinfeld. was just scanning for an audiobook to enjoy. What I didn't realize is it basically was his stand-up shtick. Uh, I mean, it had this like long intro where I'm like, okay, this is going to be a normal chapter book. No, everything is just like little short quips, very Seinfeldian. Uh, you know, if you like Jerry, you like it. If you don't, you won't. It's it's not going to win converts or change anybody's mind. But, you know, I chuckled along as I went through it. It's a pretty short read. So. Are you just accumulating short reads now to make sure that you get more books than I do this year? No. <laughs> you say that in utter innocence, but I don't believe you. <laughs> Well, the fact that I'm ahead is entirely coincidental, I assure you. No one had noticed that except you. But uh enjoyed it. Of, of the ones uh, that I went through this time, I probably would go in the order that I just named them off. So that that's kind of my one through four on the books I read, other than the shared read. So, so let's talk about the shared read. Let's, let's. We read, as we mentioned last time, um, the book Welcome to Dunder Mifflin, The Ultimate Oral History of the Office, as told by the actors, writers, producers, directors, and crew 
Um, written by Brian Baumgartner, who was one of the actors for The Office, and Ben Silverman, who was one of the writers. I was thinking of him more in the production okay. vein. They 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 changed. Clearly, roles a I lot. read this book well. Well, I mean, Silverman pops up a lot in here, but he yeah, does. exactly what his title was, I couldn't swear by. Um, we love oral histories, as evidenced by the fact that you have one here. We also read an oral history of The Office last year and talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, Andy Green's go, book, I believe. Could go back and look at the episode. Um, maybe I'll do that in the show notes if you're interested. Um, but yeah, oral histories are fabulous, and The Office is one of our favorite shows. Um, we have, over the past week, been kind of going through and picking out the Office Christmas episodes to go through and rewatch as we like to do at Christmas. Um, it's a fabulous show, and this was a really, really interesting book. Um, we, you and I, as we talked about this, we said that that first Office oral history that we read and talked about focused more on the individual episodes and what the actors thought about it and then anybody peripheral to it. Um, it, it was really more episodically structured, whereas this one was more thematically structured yeah, um, and much more um, structured around the arc of the show. Well, and you probably do an interesting thing here to have Brian Baumgartner, who is Kevin Malone, on the show. So Brian is kind of the vehicle to bring in the actors and talk about their side of it. And then, as we said, Ben Silverman is somewhere on the production side, but he got copious comments from from Greg Daniels. Uh, and, and all the people on that side of it. So, you know, being able to bring in both sides of that uh, really rounded the book out. It very uh, much more philosophical in in bent than than Andy Green's book, which is a little more of a straightforward who, what, where, when, why. And I enjoyed both of them deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, but after and and if you're interested in the office and oral histories, I would read them in that order: read Andy Green's book and then read this book. Um, because I thought that this book worked really well following that book, since you know I've already I already know all the things about the episodes now. I've gotten a lot of detail about that. I was really interested in the um, in what they were thinking as they put together characters, um, in how they kept everything together, and in um, really the way that they set up the whole format of the show to work together so cohesively. So you're telling me you were more interested in a sort of micro level of management of this, a micro <laughs> as, as Michael Scott might say. I just like the book. No, they're both good books. And, and I would very much echo, you know, I read this thinking, is this one the better one? Is the other one the better one? I don't know. No, it's, it's really not the, the, the relevant question. It's not. And they're very different books. Um, so it's hard to compare mm-hmm. the two. Um, but both really interesting. Uh, I, I would be pleased with the purchase of either one. We did buy the other one and may well buy Welcome to Dunder Mifflin. Because yeah, we got this one from the library. You, you, you could say, how many books about the office does somebody need? But, you know, <laughs> I, I think how at many, least two is reasonable. How many DVDs of the office does somebody need? Well, I mean, we All have, of them, of course. And then the extra DVD with the Christmas episodes and, you know. Weird bobbleheads of various characters. <laughs> we like The Office, y'all. Yeah. Um, and this book was definitely um, an excellent one. We both thought it maybe dragged a little bit at the end, but honestly, I thought that kind of echoed the show as well because <laughs> it's hard to say goodbye to something that's really good. And everybody had lots and lots of thoughts about the ending. I thought this book did a really, really nice job with the leaving of Michael Scott um, and, and how... Steve Carell approached that 
as well as how everybody on the writing team particularly tried to set um, set up the next moves to hold the story together and keep the sto- show going strong and also have the show echo what a real office environment would look like. People go, people come, you don't keep the same boss forever. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I just thought all of that was very interesting and good. Yeah, one of the things that stood out across both books, one of the points where everybody across both books was incredibly consistent is what Steve a complete Carell. and utter <laughs> mensch Steve Carell is. Yeah, yeah. I mean... There's not a bad word said by anyone, and to the contrary, both books combined, it's almost like everybody just takes turns telling awesome Steve Carell stories. I mean, I mean, my personal favorite still is that when the writer's strike was going on, he was the guy who was like, no, I'm not, I'm not crossing a picket on these people. He We're going to wait until they're done. He called in with a made-up disease. <laughs> it was an impressive disease, too. I won't... Uh, won't spoil that one, but... Uh, uh, yeah, and, and stood by them. I loved the story in this book where um, he carried the bag for his makeup artist, was it? For a so. costume. It was, it was uh, somebody in the support staff for the show. Mm-hmm. And um, she was having health issues and struggling to carry all the stuff that she needed to carry. And he never asked her for permission. He just, it was just what he did. He had a woman working with him who needed some help, and every day he just picked up her stuff and carried it for her. Isn't it just wonderful that if there is somebody on this show who really is a great person, it's the guy who we just watch putts <laughs> around for season after season? I mean, what what could be more perfect? Because we just watched the Christmas episode that's my least favorite, which is the <laughs> one with the iPod where you just can't stand Michael the whole time. And <laughs> Yankee swap! <laughs> um... So, yeah, I, I think that that's really, really cool, really interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, both both good books, um, both recommended and uh, managed to find some, some different things to talk about, which now over nearly a 1,000 pages between the two of them is no small feat. Well, next time around, we will uh, come back with the end of the year uh sum up we'll, we'll have a top 10 i think some of us are going to unveil their top 10 a little bit early then we'll let we'll let those people <laughs> more, discuss that more momentarily to come about that. Uh, but the common read and this is totally a blind thing this was another one that popped up for me uh, as an audiobook and anthony doer blurbed it so right away i was like intriguing and the subject just seemed kind of cool and i thought well Maybe I'll check this out. And I mentioned it to you, and you were like, hey, wonder if they have the hard copy in the library. So you get the hard copy, and meanwhile, I'm next in line for the audiobook. So this one should work out nicely. Mr. Dickens and His Carol by Samantha Silva. So I'm going to try to read this over the next few days in the lead up to Christmas, and then we will talk about it together on the show in two weeks when we meet up with you all again. And we'll also, like Joe said, um, talk about our top 10 books of the year. I'm actually going to talk about mine on Instagram with Haley at the Lazy Bookshelf. Um, so if you are on Instagram, you can get a sneak peek. Outstanding. I'll make sure to talk even more than usual just to offset. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, want to, I want to hear what you guys pick too. Sounds great. Well, thanks for uh, sticking with us through another always interesting year. Uh, hope you found some good things to read. We certainly did. Uh, which makes picking a top 10 a a challenge. But uh, please keep uh, thoughts and recommendations coming. We're definitely always listening and pleased to hear 
from anybody out there who's finding anything else good to read, particularly if we're overlooking it. You can get in touch with us at paperbackreaderspod at gmail.com, on Instagram at paperbackreaderspod, and on Twitter at paperbackreaderspod. So I'm going to sign off for 2021. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. We'll see you after what will hopefully be a very happy new year. Stay warm, stay reading, stay well. God bless, and thanks for